Attention. This podcast will make you happy, make you sad, believe and make you mad, but they're sure to make you feel included. The things they talk about are completely random. It's story time with Matthew Haslam Hammond. Hello everybody, it's uh, episode 12 of Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond, uh, the podcast where you, the member of the public, will go up and tell your story. Why? Because everybody has a story. Uh, like always, this podcast is sponsored by the Pass to Assist pod. Follow Callum, Jack, Doug and Carl as they discuss basketball. Why? Because they love basketball and it's there for all your basketball indeed. So today's guest, um, we met... Um, it was round about the time we started Loose Trunks. Well, it was before that. It was He was going to WrestleMania. He's going to get onto the story anyway, so I don't really want to spoil everything. But um, this guy's called David Farrington. Good lad. Absolute hero. Uh, one of the funniest people I think I've ever met in my life. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, as I'm a wrestling fan, it's time to welcome David. So, please welcome David Farrington. So, David, welcome to the show. How are you doing, buddy? Thanks very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing to be here, man. I'm a huge fan of the show. Um, already listened to, to so many. I like, love listening to, to good old Sam Hookins. Uh, Callum as well was a good one to listen to as well because he's, he's, he's a typical guy who's in two of my friendship groups. He's obviously in our wrestling sort of group, but he's also a good mate with like Michael Smith and that. But I've never really got a chance to, to uh, just meet him, really. So to listen to some of his stories was pretty cool. <laughs> He went to another country a day beforehand <laughs> before he let it go you know, to the airport. Well, what a day, huh? <laughs> uh, it, it sounds like, a, like once you know Callum, it does sound like a typical kind of Callum thing, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but at the yeah, same time, it's usually reverse that. He's usually like late for everything. So it was actually nice to see he was actually a day early for his actual holiday, you know? <laughs> but man, it, it was good listening to Wilkie as well. Top, top guy, Wilkie. Absolutely love his pieces. Um, Emily was a really, really good one to listen to as well, man. Like, um, yeah, Emily's like, she's, oh, on behalf of Mike, who's a really, really good friend of mine. I've known him for donkey's years. So, um, again, hearing about the work she does with the charities and a small world like Mike Fitzgerald, like, who would have thought, like, I didn't know you realised, you know, that you knew him. So, um, yeah, it was cool to, to listen to about his story as well. So, yeah, big, big fan of, his, of the show. I'm glad to be here. Man, he's great. Yeah, like Mike. I love. I love both Mikes. You know, Mike Smith, Mike, uh, Mike Fitzgerald. You know, you know. So one day we have like literally the Mike podcast. We get like all the Mikes who've already been on the show, and then just literally put them in a room together. Like now, discuss. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've, I've yet to meet a bad one, man. Like they're all, they're all top, top guys, man. So um, yeah, it's it's a crazy small world that we live in. But I, 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 I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. See you grow like you know. Obviously, people can't see it, but you've grown a bit of facial hair. You know. Well, I've got this big thick jumper on and I look with this shaggy beard I look like an advert for Fisherman's Friends so yeah very unlikely me but why not during lockdown and that I've just been furloughed and that as well today so yeah time to keep battling it all grow out and go from there you should like try and find like someone else like you know Russ who's always like you know clean shaven like you and just have like you know a dirty man competition just like see who comes out like for you know like the uh you know, blocked down like just like a homeless man to see what happens. Well, he, he always tries to rock it out whenever Randy Orton rocks it out. So, uh, mm. with Randy being clean shaven at the moment, I think I've got a massive head start. I'll tell, always I'll tell you who you could pull off right now. You know, he's always Randy Orton. I'm pretty sure if you if you just like bleached your hair, done a little bit of a like, you know, 
brunette on the old goatee and the uh, <laughs> and the tash. You could be Dexter Loomis from NXT. <laughs> the man that got to <laughs> it's the hair like how you slicked it across man like <laughs> yeah I, I can see that I can see that <laughs> but man like so anyway growing up where did you actually grow up Dave because like out of the loose trunks lot me, me and Liam were actually having a conversation yesterday saying like with, with like you know Wilkie Sam and um, Liam they they can say anything just like you, you know really really like you know you know absolutely like uh disgusting and things like that and it was like oh yeah it's fine and the next you know when it comes from you like david you're just you're just the, like the least person like person to expect it from if that makes sense yeah I, I have got no filter which is surprising so um but yeah no i just i don't know i've got no even like liam like I, I met liam when he was really really skinny he used to play for my um I think I think it's a family thing, really, isn't it? Like you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like we, because we were quite close in age. Like I know, like you know, again, listen to, listen to Sam Hawkins and obviously known him for as long as I have. Like him, Matt, and Ollie, where they're all so close in age, they all get on really, really well. And that sometimes happens, but not always. Uh, and with me and my older brother, well, we, we we we're so similar with a lot of things, but we're so different and the complete opposite with other things uh, and that's sometimes where we clash and because we're so close in age there's almost that sort of like unwritten like brother rivalry sort of there which mm. is hard to explain but you know we, we get on you know well now um and it's weird as well because his wife is um a girl called lauren who was in my year at school so it was really weird when they both got together like mm. seeing like them two i don't know i've obviously grown up with her but it's the coolest thing now um and they're expecting a baby now as well, so the fans going to get even bigger. <laughs> <but>. Uncle Dave. <laughs> well, I thought they get the babies due in January, but they've only just got a brand new puppy as well. So it's going to feel like they're having twins for them, so it's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, literally a madhouse, though. You know, it really will be, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, it will be. I mean, my house at home was always a mad one, to be fair. I mean, we was always all in and out. I feel sorry for my mum having three boys. There was no, no girly chance for us. So whenever the girls come over now, whether it's Sarah or Lauren or, or, or Molly pulls up a half, like she's uh, jumping on them straight away to, to have like big girly gossip. Bless her. My mum, she, uh, 
Didn't have that at all growing up. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you know when you first like bought uh, Sarah home or whatever, did, did, her, did her eyes just like light up and like? hoarder myself like every every time like we had to throw stuff out i just turn around to my dad and would like look if we don't you don't think we need it just get rid of it i don't you know i don't want to see it go because otherwise i'll be there like no need to keep that you know just i'll just have, like no reason to keep it like if you ever come in my room jesus christ it's just filled with shit uh, you're probably looking around now thinking oh god like them curtains need to come down like you know <laughs> they love bloody legs <laughs> consoles you got ready for it so annoying though isn't it when when you like you know um you see a game you like and it says remastered and you're like oh fuck's sake i have to buy it again now you know <laughs> you're out of time. i've got like i think i bought the last of us one like three times in total i bought it twice i'm pretty sure on the ps3 <laughs> and then on the ps4 as well so i'm sitting there like well i don't know why i've got so many copies but <laughs> Would you say, uh, like, the like Zelda games, are they your favourite games of all time? Yeah, I probably would say so, yeah. If I was thinking of one title that I've sort of stuck by all, all the years and that, yeah, I probably would, would say Legend of Zelda, but, yeah, at the same time, 
sort of open to anything. But, you know, there's sort of games that I can play by myself, mm. games that are like how long, games that are sometimes like days long, and sometimes games that you can just play with mates, like you know, your FIFA's and your Mario Kart's and things like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah different games for different occasions, really. Yeah, I, I sat there the other day playing Smash Bros, the new one on the Switch. I'm sitting to myself going like, this is a great game, but it just feels pointless playing without my friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. It's uh, And it's not always the same doing all things like headsets and that. I don't like that. Mm. I'll tell you what, there's a funny story I've got with uh, The Legend of Zelda. My brother got um, the, the one for Game Boy, where it was like The Legend of Zelda DX or something like that. It was a black cartridge. And uh, we found out, like, from, like, I think it was, like, Game Master magazine. This is how old it's going back, right? I'm talking about Game Boy Color games and Game Master magazine. And someone put a cheat in there saying, go into the shop, just steal the wine and run out. <laughs> they're like, all right, sweet, done it. Went back in the shop, and they're like, bloody shopkeeper's going, like, you shoplifted from this shop, I'm now going to, like, zap you to death. And, like, <laughs> like game over. It's like, well, it's not much of a cheat, is it? <laughs> Oh, that's, uh, that's a great message for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just don't shop it. But I was just there, like, what? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the thing I'm going to miss most for like, when my parents when we've moved is, is the hot tub that they've got there. That, oh, man, that, that, that thing was brilliant. It was right at the bottom of the garden, and um, it was in like, this like, fancy shed with like, these like, big French doors that opened outside. At the same time, you could be indoors but outdoors at mm-hmm. the same time had like sky tv surround sound it was bloody amazing that place that thing but i used to go in there like after football with my lads you know sort the old muscles out and i remember one time like, we had like a big chip off in january that my fucking evening finished playing out and i thought oh well, I'll, I'll go to the hot tub and set my muscles at like 10 o'clock so I went down to the garden i'm in like my, my shorts or speedos or whatever and i'm, I'm down there in the tub it's about 11, 12 o'clock. I think oh, I'd better go back up to the house now. You know, I've got work the next day. Anyway, go into the conservatory. Try going into the conservatory. Doors not working. Thinking, okay, like, been locked out. Here's what it is. Just check all the lights to see if anyone's awake. No one's awake whatsoever. Everyone's got a bed. I'm like, crap, I've literally got locked out. I think she kind of chucks stones at the, at the window, Paul's bedroom where he's sleeping, going, Paul, Paul, let me in, shouting out. No, he's not waking up at all, thinking, for God's sake. So I had to jump over the fence and walk round to the front of the house. I'm dripping wet, it's January, it's freezing cold in just mosquitoes. I'm then banging on the door to see if someone can let me in. The neighbours have all woke up. They're looking outside, seeing that there's a guy at, like, midnight knocking on the door in speedos, trying to get in the house. <laughs> No one's wake up whatsoever, ever. and eventually my dad comes downstairs, I'm dripping wet, soaking, freezing cold, and he goes, what are you doing? Like, yeah, like, like at this time of night, in your speedos and that, I'm like, you locked me out? So, yeah, that, that was that was a bad, bad time. Um, but, yeah, and I'm going to miss that hot tub, that's for sure. Oh, mate. Uh, it's always one of my lifelong dreams to own a hot tub, you know, because like once you own one, you're like, yeah, I've made it in life. Yeah. <laughs> that feeling of having a hot tub. Everyone says that when they come around, like, oh, if I had one of these, I'd be here all the time. But you do take it for granted 100%. Oh, yeah. And because it's outside, because it's right down the bottom of the garden, sometimes you know, I really can't be bothered to, to go down there because you have to 
power it all up and things like that. And I don't know. I, I definitely took it for granted because now I've got my own place. I'm like, man, I would love to do that once a week. Just go in there and have like a beer or whiskey and that in there. But you were you not like you know tempted to stay in there? Because you said you had like Sky and Surround Sound in there, and like just put Babe Station on and just sit there and live the dream. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, I, I, I had some yeah some some good times down there, like the lads and that it was always especially in the summer we'd go down and have like a barbecue and a few drinks down the bottom of the garden and then head up for like clips later on in the day or in the hills so uh, that was some go-to place beforehand and sometimes after as well um but no it was good times man i always just remember them nights are just you know and it was in eclipse <laughs> it's a lot a lot of memories doing that you know <laughs> Back in the day, it, you could literally walk up there and not even arrange to meet anyone. Mm. They'd just in there and just know that there'd be people you know and just have an awesome night. Whereas now you could go in there uh, and just not know anyone. Joy's are getting old now. <laughs> yeah. I think that all the O'Neills lot have basically either gone to like, the Swan or the Merchant now. I don't know why, but it's kind of lost its appeal, I think. I don't know. I really don't know why, you know. No, I know you mean that. I don't know, maybe it's just me getting old. I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah, it's probably just us getting old. Like, people actually are just moving on for their lives. <laughs> you know, just look at you. You're an engaged man now. And, like, you know, you were planning on getting married next year. But, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, COVID doesn't, you know, take over that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, that, that's been a real pain to sort of, like, organise at the moment. Because you just, we've got our, our date booked in for, for May next year. But at the moment, I mean, we, we, we're meant to have... Um, I think it's about 120 or, or so guests for, for the evening, about 80 during the day. And at the moment, you're only allowed like six or seven people. Mm. So I can't see the numbers jumping up enough to support it. Um, but our venue at the moment isn't letting us postpone it, even though we're asking them that we want to. They're not like, letting us do that until three months beforehand. So it's just a pain right now because you have to pop a stop on everything, you know, having to a stop to, to to kids or or everything at the moment so it's, it's a pain because you can't plan for anything you can't plan for for next week never plan for, for for may mm. so it's a pain at the moment are you uh, have you uh, broke the news to sarah that you're spending your honeymoon in liverpool for the for love wrestling convention <laughs> man i'll tell you what that, that love of wrestling event anyone who's a wrestling fan listening to this that is the place to go it's absolutely amazing we had the best time of it, didn't we? It was yeah. absolutely awesome. Uh, I remember, yeah. like, the weather was just diabolical from, like, literally day one, like, and we were sitting there, like, going, like, you know, after we'd done that the first day at the uh, the convention, like, should we even bother going to this after party? You know, because the weather's going to be shit. Like, you know, I don't, don't even know how you, anyone's actually even going to be there. And then, like, Sam basically was there, like, nope, we're going to fucking go if we like it or not, right? And so, being Sam, and then next, you know, we ended up at this party in, like, probably was one of the funniest nights of our life ever and like nothing really happened that was like amazing or anything like that but it was just hilarious just hanging out with all you guys or whatever like you know and like you know eventually I think they got the gist of it and actually started putting on wrestlers music and that's where we started getting like really uh, like you know our bromance just went to the next level just getting our shirts off and like doing wrestling poses and things like that it just got ridiculous it was the weirdest party I think I've ever been to in my life it was like someone grabbed my my Spotify account and just pressed shuffle because yeah. it was all types of music it wasn't just wrestling themes but it was like you know pop classics 
proper cheesy out like music, but then it went to like indie and rock and like 80s music. It was like, Jesus, like amazing bangers, but there was no like, you just didn't know what was coming next. Hmm. Um, but it was such a good night, man. It was absolutely awesome. But not even that, but during the day as well, you know, meeting people like The Undertaker, Chris Jericho, you know, the, the list was endless. The amazing good stars there. And then even the wrestling, like, that they put on after the event to watch that. So good. Hmm. Such a good week. I was gutted. A, that they announced it the same sort of like weekend as the weekend of getting married. Um, but then I'm thankful that COVID has, has sort of stopped it, which means I potentially go, you know, in the future and that. But the cast they had this, you know, for for, the, for, well, for next year, amazing cast. Yeah. Should so, be good. So, yeah, anyone anyone who hasn't been before, it's it's a like meet and greet sort of session where you get to meet all of them. Um, but there, there there was some really really good ones last year and some even bigger ones this year. So yeah, def- definitely needs to do that again. Remember, um, <laughs> out of that party, the, the 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 costume contest where like people like you know dressed up or whatever. And me and Adam Mack fell in love with this guy who dressed up as the Undertaker. And to be fair, to you he wasn't he didn't have the greatest Undertaker outfit. But me and Adam Mack were like just shouting out, going, "Just give that guy that prize right now!" <laughs> you know. He was brilliant. The shock master won it. Oh, of course, the Shotmaster won it. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Like the Stormtrooper helmet, you know, with the... Uh, Fur jacket. Nailed it. <laughs> it was that part as well. We had that girl, like, doing that announcement, like, uh, you know, uh, who was doing, like, the announcing. She was great. And then just after a while, she, I think she said Becky Two Bells one too many times, bless her. Uh, and we just said, like, oh, okay, we said it too much now. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, that, that was it. <laughs> it was great fun. Absolutely great fun, and it was uh, it, even the whole day. Like when we used, you know, because we woke up that morning and watched Avengers Endgame. Like, I remember being in that <laughs> cinema, turning to my right where, when literally all, all the uh, superheroes came out right at the very end. And Schofield, bless him, had a tear in his eye. He was uh, that, that. That was awesome. Such a good way to start the weekend, and good old Hoovers as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, if we were at WrestleMania, you would have gone to a Hooters, right? You know, <laughs> rules are rules. You've got to try and make the experiences as, as American as possible. Man, who, 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 like you said about the Avengers, who's your favourite Avenger, Dave? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to put out, I quite like Loki. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, great character. I can't wait for his Disney Plus series. God knows what's going to be yeah. about, you know, but. <laughs> I got I got well upset when he got killed at the start of bloody uh, Infinity War. Like yeah, he just redeemed himself and everything. I was like, no. It was like, a, a bittersweet moment, but it's like for me, a good character is always someone who, who wants you wanting more. And it's like, oh, what, what else can this character do? And the fact that they then killed him off very very quickly. Yeah. And then want want more from it. And now he's got his own program. It just shows you that there's a want and there's a need for it. Kind of similar to like, yeah, you know, the whole uh, Mandalorian. And mm. like, yeah, there's a certain character who, uh, who might have popped up recently. Won't say too much if you haven't watched it yet. But there's a certain character who's popped up. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I wanted to find out more about this person. So I'm glad he's back. Man, like, I love the Mandalorian. I watched the uh, the second episode of series two today. You know, it was a great watch. I just, I just, 
I'm just in love with Baby Yoda or like, you know, the child. You can't call it Baby Yoda because just in case someone on the internet's going, it's not Baby Yoda! <laughs> you know. You know, at the end of, the, end of like season eight or whatever, when they finally give him a name, it's going to be something like Fred or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Probably Yoda backwards. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but, it's just the things he does. Like, earlier on, like, you know, have you seen it? Yeah. The part where, like, you know, they have that meat going around, his face goes, ah. <laughs> and I went, that's my face when I see fried chicken. <laughs> like, the, the boy is literally a walking meme. He's <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Even that series, like, I saw a meme about the other day going, like, um, the uh, Star Wars actor seriously injured for carrying the whole, uh, whole of Star Wars on his shoulders at the moment. I was like, that. Yeah. The Star Wars franchise. <laughs> I thought, I, I remember watching the last Star Wars going like, what's, what's even going on? Please, please can someone tell me what is actually happening? But The upsetting thing for me is, is Kathy Kelly, who's in charge of like, um, Star Wars at Disney. Like, She's she done a great job with some of the Star Wars things, like you know, the Star Wars park and things like that, that they've built there. Hmm. Um, but it, when it comes to the movies, what upsets me a little bit is that it wasn't given the same love as, as Marvel. You, know, you, you compare the, the Infinity War um, and Endgame um, to the new Star Wars trilogy, um, and it's, it's arguably, you would arguably say that Star Wars has got a bigger fan base and it should have been handled more better. The fact that they had originally three different directors directing three different films where well, it's like well you're, you're never gonna get you know that's never gonna sit right surely you should have one director directing the whole three thing the whole, whole three films and it would have been awesome to have seen what it could have been like because there was bits of those films where I thought that is brilliant but there's other things that they've done where I was like really really you've gone, gone with that really? uh, so bit, bit of a pain bit of a pain because as a massive Star Wars fan I was I was a bit disappointed with certain bits but the Mandalorian fair play has uh, restored a lot of people's faith in, in Star Wars mm. you can tell like you know obviously uh, John John Favreau is that, is that his name is I can't pronounce it he, you know you can tell he's obviously a giant Star Wars fan and he knows what he wants to do with like the franchise you know so obviously he's you know absolutely aced it so far um, yeah. who was your favourite Star Wars character Dave uh you know what I, I, I do love I, again I know I've just been slaying off the new films but I do love the, the whole character of Kylo Ren oh yeah he's complete opposite to Vader like the most iconic Star Wars character they've sort of like just spun it round so you know to show that he's in balance having, having a crackly lightsaber and he's just a stroppy teenager but there were bits that they done that they done in that trilogy that made me think I love this character very very good they, they, they could have utilised him even better but I think if you're going to go for an overall general one, then again, maybe like Obi-Wan, maybe. Mm. Mate, Obi-Wan is number two in my mind. Got a number one? Chewbacca. Oh, cool, Chewie. Yeah, mate, absolute boy. I'll tell you a funny Star Wars story. Um, Me, Sam and Adam Mack went and saw Star Wars Rogue One at the cinema when it was there, all right? 
Uh, I paid the additional to have the Star Wars 3D glasses. Felt like an absolute G, you know. Um, <laughs> so we're sitting there watching the movie. Poor Sam had no idea it was a prequel. He thought it was a sequel. <laughs> he's sitting there going like... Like, just really confusing everything. And obviously the ending happens or whatever. You see, like, Princess Leia and Darth Vader, you know, whatever. And then he comes out to the film and goes, Oh, well confused, lads. And why is that so? And where the fuck was that black Jedi? I loved him in the last movie. He was well good. <laughs> but Sam, you do realise it was a prequel, mate. You don't remember seeing Princess Leia? Went, oh, yeah, I thought she lost weight. Is that lost weight? She de-aged about 60 years. Jesus, Sam. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's he's a funny case that one. <laughs> he is. He is. Like, I remember growing up because I was I was very very close with, with, with like, all the Hookins family, especially up like, Matt. Growing up, he was like my best mate. Mm. Um, but yeah, I remember like because they had that they used to live in that mansion over like Southfield Way, so like, that used to be like a second home for me. I used to be there all the time. Um, and I remember in the, in the summer, I mean, not much has really changed back you know, when you think about the summers back then as a kid to Sam now. Mm-hmm. Because all Sam does now during lockdown is play championship manager. Well, that's <laughs> back, in, back in the summers when it was like the hottest day of the year, when we was all out playing football, Sam like, no, I'm sitting here in my pants, I'm playing championship manager all day. Uh, <laughs> but man, he, he, he's a character. I love him so much. Such a lad, love him. So, Jude, is this the part we touch on loose trunks now? Yeah, you know what? Let's 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 do it. Like loose trunks was a. I remember I just come back from from WrestleMania thirty two. We'll get on that part later on WrestleMania thirty two. Don't you worry if you're listening at home. <laughs> we will. We'll touch on that. But I I had a phone call from from Tugboat and he said, "What are you doing tonight?" I said, "Nothing. I'm, I'm just coming from work. Not a lot, really." He said, right, proper last minute, get all the wrestling gear that you've got and come down to the White Room Studios. I was like, right, okay, so what are we, what are we doing? He goes, well, I've had a vision. Okay, okay, Sam, what, what's your vision? My vision is, you know Loose Women? And you know Slipper AM? And you remember the big breakfast show in the morning? Yeah, I remember all them shows, Sam. Right, well, I'm going to do one, but all about wrestling, you win. Yeah, I'm in. I'm up for this, Sam. This is a bit of me. I'm well up for that. And we came down there, and it was it's such a good idea. And it got better and better and better as, as the shows went on. Uh, and obviously, we got we got more people involved, like, like yourself, Callum, and all, all, all the gang. Um, and it was absolutely epic. For me, it was like some of the happiest times of my life. I, I miss it dearly. Yeah. Uh, we... Um... I was actually meant to be there for the um, the first episode, um, but I think I was actually at a gig or something that night, so that's why like you see at the end of the episode where like uh, Schofield goes, oh, let's take it to Matt quickly at TNA Corner, and they're wearing a Donald Trump mask, and you know, like, it's got a little sign saying TNA is shit or something like that. It's like, wow. <laughs> it, honestly, it was so, so good. Um, I mean, we've we done okay. I mean, we've we lasted, what was it, four years? So we did the Strunks for. Yeah. We had uh, Facebook was the one because we had over, I think it was about 1,400, 500 subscribers to, to Facebook, which was brilliant. Just um, none on the YouTube channel, which we wanted them to. Yeah, <laughs> we 
you had like a hundred, just over a hundred and fifty subscribers on there, which yeah. isn't enough when your main content is all video, which is a bit upsetting. But the the following we had was was awesome. Uh, it was just a shame it just wasn't more. Um, but yeah, if you look at the videos from the very first one to the end one, like the the, the sets got better, the lighting got better. But the main man for me was, was Schofield. Like that guy was a god, not just with his skills on a computer, but man, he, he was his presenting skills and, and everything. Like for me, one of the best videos that Loose Trunks ever did was That's the damnedest thing I've ever seen from Schofield. Man, even today I was watching um, NXT UK uh, with the Walter match. Um, and the British commentator there also said, no, no, that's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, really? <laughs> but, yeah, that Schofield was, a, was an absolute legend. And I, it's just a shame because I think that was the reason why we sort of had to stop these trunks because he, he progressed so well with his work. Hmm. Um, you just didn't have time to edit it and we didn't have anyone to edit it for us. Yeah, and, and at the same time, the, the, the WWE... Was, was getting more demanding than the fact that there was, you know, Raw on, Raw on a Monday, you had um, then NXT, then SmackDown, then obviously NXT UK, then normally a pay-per-view. It was just so, so much. And then obviously you had AEW, which was coming out the sort of time that we were finishing off. Um, so, and again, and that's another program you want to cover. Plus Impact had only just come back from the dead, really. Yeah. So you had this content that, that we had to try and fill in and it was just impo impossible to, to do it all but the vision was there and it was more to the point even if we only had a few subscribers it was just nice to actually sit down with people who love it just as much as me because until that time I probably hadn't met anyone who, who loved wrestling as much as me mm. in my whole time because none of my mates really liked it like, no one really saw I share, share that really with so to have that with you guys was absolutely awesome and we had such good fun and it was hilarious like i think for me if i have to think of one of the funniest times i think it must have been when jinder mahal had just won the wwe title now for those of you who don't know who jinder mahal is he is this wrestler who's made to be the the bad guy just because he's indian Kind of, it's got that eighty sort of throwback sort of feel. However, uh, right before you go further, if you if you like listen to the commentary in Hindu, uh, they actually make him the good guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently so. Like you know, uh, when when uh, he was WA champion, they made Randy Orton out to be the bad guy and Jinder the good guy because you know after all his promos, he went, uh, "Let me speak to my." Uh, you know, my people in my native language were Punjabi, then he'd do a promo in Punjabi as well, didn't he? You remember that? Yeah. So, like, obviously, they, they were, like, to make this guy the good guy, and obviously he must be, like, huge in, like, you know, India. Wow. No, I did not know that. I did not know that. Yeah. Anyway, where were you at? <laughs> I remember Sam called me up. It must have been about an hour or two after Jinder had won the title, and an idea just came to Sam, and he was like, Dave, got an idea, and I said, oh, go on. And he said, bring in your WWE title when we, when we do the show tomorrow, and can you also bring a turban? Hang on, hang on. You lost the bet. No, it wasn't that one. No, no, no. no? no, no that was a... Oh, fair enough. Continue. 
That's where you lost a bet, and uh, he said, like, you know, he said, like, if Jinder Mahal wins, I'll have to come on the show next time as Jinder Mahal. You might be right, you know, with that. Um, but I still remember the phone calls then because he was insisting that I do it, so I was like, right, okay. So I found the turban, I found. This, this black type makeup to wear. So, I was, and I've, I've got this like black beard dye that I was going to dye my beard black. And I was running a bit late for, from work, so I, I slapped a bit on. Um, yeah, when I was in the car, I'd done all my beard in that, put this turban on, I had this like bright suit on, and I was going as Jinder Mahal, and I'm driving around, and the looks I must have got driving around, looking <laughs> <laughs> like Jinder Mahal, like, oh, People, yeah, I must have offended a lot of people. Was it a fake tan that you were wearing? Um, and loads of it. Yeah, a lot of fake tan. You didn't black out, you fake tan. <laughs> I just remember seeing your face. You were like, I've got to go to work tomorrow like this. <laughs> it wouldn't come off as well. I was scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. Yeah. And I was working at Lakeside at the time. And anyone know, and, I, and I'm not saying that anyone knows on a Saturday after about 7 o'clock, the only people come in... Uh, Mostly Asian, so I was going to offend a lot of people, that's for sure, that day. So, uh, yeah, that, that wasn't a good look. But I remember we, we drove to the right White Room Studios. I had Liam in the car, I might have had yourself in a car as well. And we parked up. And the, normally there was an, like someone else in the studio as well. So we'd be doing our, our, our show in one room, and then the other room might have like a band or a dance group or something like that. On this one day, that we decide to turn up to the White River studio, there is an Indian band. Like, you couldn't write this off. It's like, what the hell? There is an Indian band here. I'm just like a full-on Indian with, with like, the, the, the turban and everything and the beers. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Like, they're all loading all their, all their stuff to the room, like, all, all their instruments. I'm thinking this is so offensive. I've literally turned up and I remember calling Sam and said, all right, mate, I'm, I'm in the car park. And he said, all right, well, well, just come in. I'm already in that. I said, no, no, you don't understand. There's an Indian band loading their stuff into the room next door. I cannot just get out of the car and walk in. He's pissing himself for laughter, but he's also thinking this is a great opportunity. We can ask them to play some music for you to enter on the show. I was like, no, we cannot do that. That is so, like, offensive to them. Like, no, we can't do it. But, oh, man, it was, uh, that, 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 that was uh, embarrassing. I literally just had to chuck my coat on over my head and just run in and just hope no one would see me. I do, I do remember Sam going into that room and asking if they knew who Jinder Mahal was and then saying, like, can, can you do us a favour? Can you play some music while our, our boy walks in on the studio? And then they're like, uh, I think they probably said yes, but I don't think Sam ever gave them the cue to do it, so he missed out on that opportunity. Honestly, could you imagine their faces just seeing me with this WWE title in this brightest suit known to man? This fantastic, oh, that would have been so offensive. <laughs> but we had no filter and no limits and that's what made us different to some of the other like wrestling shows you sort of see on Facebook because a lot of them is just them just one guy's opinion and that's it whereas this was sitting down with a bunch of guys similar to these women uh, just talking all, all about wrestling I mean I know WWE they do like their own sort of show down the bar which is quite similar with their own set and things like mm. that it's quite well, we have it but at the same time, they're also talking about what to say 
from WWE out of beer and we had no filter and just tell, tell people what it is our opinions was of it and we made it funny as well like dressing up I mean like, yourself has that like every week you'd be in a ridiculous outfit I mean for me the, the, the women's revolution is, is the one where you dressed up as Lana and then Paige outstanding outfits I saw far too much of you that day but it was uh, it was outstanding <laughs> remember that day when you said that the day before, like, I, like Sam went to us, um, what promo are you doing, lads? And me and uh, Callum said, oh, we're going to do Ellsworth and Carmella. And that's when Sam stopped us and went, no, you're doing the whole women's revolution. And then here comes the story of stories. Dave, tell us about the shopping trip from hell. Oh, yeah. So, Chuck basically said, right, um, David you know, you've got your car in that. I, I need you to drive it to Lakeside. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll drive it to Lakeside. So I don't drive it to um, I imagined it was something to do with the show, and we got to Lakeside. And he said, "Well, he said I'm going to need about 20, 30 quid of everyone on the show tonight." I was like, "Right, that seems like a lot of money, Sam." I said, "What's the plan?" He said, "Right, well, we're going to go into loads of fancy dress shops. We're going to go into Primark, and we're going to create the women's revolution." I was like, "Right, okay." Like, this is just when the women were getting really, really big in WWE and started having like good half-hour-long matches. And to help promote that, Sam thought it'd be a great idea um, to get you and Callum uh, to dress up in as many different women's wrestlers as possible. So he was, he was buying all sorts like blonde wigs, black wigs, red-haired wigs, and then like full-on costumes. I think the total bill for the day came to like two, three hundred quid. Yep. Another reason why loose trunks sort of failed as well, because financially, whoever put Sam in charge <laughs> of the things theory me <laughs> to fail with, with, with thoughts like that. <laughs> he is one of my favourite people to go shopping with. Like in like uh, after lockdown finished, me and him went to boot sales and like to look for stuff. And he he just like he's just so funny to go to a boot sale with me and him. Like you had to come one time with us, like. I remember, like, just his little, like, you know, cheeky, just how cheeky he is. Like, he went, like, oh, look, WWE, guess who? Got to buy that, don't I, Matty boy? And, like, how much love? She goes, like, a pound. He went, because you're so nice, add two. And he gave him two pounds. Just, like, <laughs> just there, like, Sam, how do you do it? He's there, like, Matty boy, just, just the gifts of the trade, isn't it, mate? Just putting on confidence, that boy. He's just not, not shy at all, is he? <laughs> <laughs> like I remember Sam, Sam used to do his fundraisers uh, and he did these one in uh, in the Essex and um, he's doing his big promotion at the end some big Frank Sinatra song and he's finished doing his song and right at the end he decided to pull his pants down and just get his knob out literally just and right at the end of his show and me being absolutely smashed I'm far too close. I'm in the front row. There's no escape. I've got some knob in my face. I think the grapes. So just grab the microphone and just like bashing it on his knob. I don't know why I was doing it, but I was absolutely smashed. It was like a duet between Sam with my microphone and his knob with the microphone, not with the other one. It was just weird. But yeah, yeah he's, he's got bags of confidence, that boy. He's a, he's a character. I just like, he really is. Like I, I just love it how like, he come up with our nicknames of uh, loose trunks. Obviously, 
he he promoted you with the Randy Randy character, and that's when you yeah you need to touch on this a bit more. But like I remember, like he gave obviously bad news. Barrett was big at the time, and he gave it to Doug, and he said like, "No, Doug, you're bad news, Doug." He was like, "I don't really know how this <laughs> makes sense," you know, like. And then Wilkie was mean, lean, mean Wilkeline or something like that. <laughs> the Callum's just Callum, mate. Callum was, we've said this before, but he really was the unsung hero um, for for Paulie's trunks. He's rise to fame. I mean, some of the sketches he did, you know, the anti rant with Wilkie, and, and Wilkie doing a rant was, I was always in stitches that I thought it was the funniest thing. Mm. Um, I really did like bad writing with Callum as well, with a great big Mickey Mouse hands typing <laughs> and copy paste, copy paste the same storylines. Honestly, freaking great. I think that whole uh, sandwich thing turned Wilkie vegan, I'm not going to lie. Side with the WWE, you must that must be a game changer for you, mate. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But no, I, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a name that's stuck, uh, and probably rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because there's, there's this like one where um, we filmed the whole segment for it. But we all just like we can't we can't put that up. We, there's no way we can put it up. And Sam's like, of course we can. We can put it on Pornhub. And like so that. And it's like, I, I don't think we can, Sam. Like, you imagine like the amount of thumbs down poor Dave's gonna get from just walking out of the toilet and telling about, you know, how he you know smacked one out over someone. Yeah, there was a. I would love to have seen. We, we should have done it. Like, I think Scofield must do have the videos, but we should release like an, uh, an unseen. Footage, uh, not fit for TV or something. That should be uh, that should be flared out from these trucks. One final video of all the things we cut. That would be interesting. Watch. I mean, it might just be, might just be a lot of me. But I'll be interested to watch it. Yeah, no, I just remember how Sam pitched you that idea for that
what we want you to do, Dave, is we want you to like you know review this week's like you know women's matches, but then pretend you know there's like you know just throwing like a sexual innuendo just to make it entertaining or whatever. And then, like, instead, you've come and started talking about pictures on Instagram. You were like your top five women of the month. And it was... Like, and me, we're all just sitting there, like, trying not to laugh our head off, but we're like... Just so in shock of what we're actually watching. He's got balls if he wants to put this on the internet. You're like you just see like you blacklisted from every wrestling event ever again. Well, we used to start filming at like say seven eight o'clock on a Friday, and we used to finish at about three or four o'clock in in the morning that next day. I think a lot of it was because we had to cut so much of what I was either saying or doing because it was sometimes quite offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you were such a cat. I mean, there's a great scene actually after uh, after film where that like, you know they've just like you know uh, literally we've cut the cameras. Well, no, we haven't cut the cameras yet. We're about to, but basically we've done the whole loose strokes, and you've you've just gone, poor taking off the turban and Sam Hogan just looks at you and goes like, mate, tell you, you look like you look like fucking uh, Captain Hook, you look, don't you, mate? And then you just hear this absolute beautiful laugh from Doug, like him going. <laughs> Just like in tears and laughter, and like Schofield's just like left it on after that episode. <laughs> oh man, good times. I miss it. Yeah. It would be nice, him, but at the same time, it's 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 it's, it's demanding, very very demanding. Um, I think what a lot of it was was basically we 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 argued a lot about what we were actually spending money on, uh, which is sad, but you know. Uh, <laughs> Then again, like <laughs> I, think, I think, I think the right thing to do would have been to spend spend it on the room, um, have an initial cost of, of buying all the props. Then once you bought all the props, then you don't need any more props. It would just be a case of spending maybe one a month on, on one wrestler to to maybe interview and, and things like that to, mm. to chat to, um, and then that would be it. That would be it, but the, the spending was a little bit out of control, um, and sometimes there was there was too many voices on on the set. Um, you know, towards the end, there was about three. Um, it started off with about three people sitting down, but towards the end, it was like six or seven people sitting down talking about one event. I mean, it's just too many voices. Um, it should have been spread out more, but it's because everyone was so passionate and wanted to get involved, and you can't knock that. Um, so, uh, and at the same time, Schofield needed help, and none of us were any good on PCs. So <laughs> that's. <laughs> yeah, man, it was a. Like, I wouldn't change any of it for the world, apart from the shopping. Apart from the shopping trip from hell, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I spent everyone's money, but yeah, apart from that. But anyway, you you've been fortunate enough in life. You've been to uh, Texas. Yeah. So. Uh, funny enough, that, that story actually happened from yourself, even though I, did, I didn't even know you really at the time. So I was in, um, I, I got tickets last minute to go to watch WrestleMania 31 in O'Neill's. Um, and so I was sitting there watching it, and I remember I'd spoken to, to Sam just before he went, and he said he was going there with you. And I'm sitting there in O'Neill's uh, with Russ, I'd got Russ a ticket. 
and we're sitting there watching it with a few of my friends. Apparently, that place and was absolutely rammed out on that night. Yeah, it was it was rammed, but really really good rammed. Uh, I mean, we literally just popped to Papa John's and got a big pizza and sat in ideals with our beers and pizza watching it. And I remember sitting there thinking, "Holy shit, I don't know that guy, but I know that's Hasler." Yeah. And I saw like Sam that sitting next to you, and I was like, "Oh shit, there they all are!" Like that was crazy. Now I was playing that out to us. Oh, I know those guys up there. And um, we're sitting there watching it. And the first match is that um, Intercontinental ladder match. And we had a drinking game where I think there, there was, you know, I must have turned up to O'Neill's with about seven of us. So we all picked a wrestler each. I was Stardust because I loved him at the time. Yeah. Russ was Dolph Ziggler. And the drinking game was that every time your superstar ran up the ladder, you had to do two fingers of, of your pint. So Russ was absolutely smashed after that match because <laughs> Ziggler was up and down that ladder constantly in that match. But I remember just sitting there watching it and absolutely loving it with Russ. And Russ just said, man, I'd love to be there. And I then said to him, well, what's stopping us? Like, we should go there. Like, especially after I saw Sam and you there. I was like, well, we can do it. Like, if they can do it, like, we, we can do it. Why not? And I think Russ saw it as a passing comment. He didn't know I was actually serious. Uh, but I was full on serious about, about going. And few months passed and all of a sudden the tickets then go on sale for WrestleMania 32 and bearing in mind at this point I was only a colleague of Russ like we we worked for the same company but we weren't really really that close but I just messaged him out of the blue and I was like hey mate um, WrestleMania 32 tickets have gone on sale would you be interested and Russ straight away to my surprise was like yeah well up for it and we got the tickets and WrestleMania 32 in Dallas was absolutely awesome. It was weird because it, was, it wasn't it was Dallas how I thought it was going to look. I thought I'd be landing in Dallas and just seeing fields everywhere, bulls and cows everywhere, and seeing all these ranches. It wasn't at all like that. It was like landing when we got off the plane. Um, it was almost like Canary Wharf. Like these great big new tower blocks everywhere. But it was a really, really weird city. And there wasn't a lot there. We still had a great time, don't get me wrong, but what made it a good time was the evenings. Because there wasn't anywhere to drink, really, we saw this one hotel with, it was absolutely crowded, loads and loads of fans were outside, and me and Russ, we never really went out like looking like wrestling fans, we just went out in like, jeans and a shirt or a t-shirt, um, we didn't go all, all geared up, but it was these wrestling fans outside this hotel and it was absolutely manic and we thought what's this all what's all this all about maybe maybe it's one of the wrestlers there and we we looked and we saw um tyler breeze and corey graves come out of this hotel and we was like holy shit that must be where all the wrestlers are staying and we see the fans were all trying to get in the hotel but the bouncers were not there, weren't letting them in whatsoever and then russ has just said Shall we try and get in? And I was like, Russ ain't going to work. Like, look, they're turning people away. And Russ was like, well, people, other people must be staying in this hotel. Let's just walk in our bags of confidence and see what happens. So I thought, well, stuff it. We've got nothing to lose. So we walked up to this bouncer, didn't even look him in the eye, and we just carried on walking, and all of a sudden we were in. Yeah. We're in this hotel now, and... We can't believe our luck. We're in this bar, which, if, you, if, if I'm going to compare sort of sizes, it must be the similar sort of size like the Spread Eagle. 
uh, in Brentwood. Oh, yeah. We've gone in this bar, and no word of a lie, there is everyone there. Every single WWE superstar is in this bar, and we're like, shit, we're in. Everyone here at WWE wrestlers, no one said that we can't be here, let's just quickly get a pint. So we got this pint, and we're sitting there brushing shoulders with all the wrestlers, and we're just saying to each other, like, with our mouths hitting the, hitting the table, like, you know, at call, like, just don't, you know, just, 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 just get go along with it and see if we, you know, see if we belong. And all of a sudden, because the wrestlers could see that we were just minding our own business, having a drink, they were actually coming up to us and talking to us. It got to a point where Seamus, we were chatting to Seamus, and he was, he got us a few drinks in. We, we was having a drink with Seamus, um, and. It was brilliant. We was then chatting to all the wrestlers and we had such a good time and taking all our pictures with all of them thinking, you normally have to pay a fortune to have this sort of experience. We've done it. We've got it for free. It got to the next night and we thought, well, we know they're staying there. Let's go there again. Well, we then went there every single night for the, for the time we was there and we had VIP experience with all of them. It was so cool like to be sitting there drinking with them all and you know we had good chats with Natalia I remember it was the night after Hall of Fame and mm. we'd gone suit and boot you have to with Hall of Fame it reminds me of when you see turn up in suit uh, sorry who aren't wearing suits it's like nah this is this is your chance to go to the Oscars really so I remember we were in this in this bar with them and I'm wearing a suit and Natalia just turned around she knew I was a fan but she just said, you look absolutely awesome in your suit. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. And she then said, no, it means the world to us that you that you turn up and you make an effort and you're wearing your suits because this is our version of the Oscars and that. And she said that, you know, everyone should wear suits and things like that when they go. And I was like, yeah, like, absolutely agree. And we was having these full-blown on, full blown conversations with, with all these other wrestlers for the whole of the weekend. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Um it was cool, and I'd be tempted to go back to, to Dallas if ever they did it again, because it was so good just for that reason. Especially now I know what hotel they're probably staying in. <laughs> but no, it was it was really really cool. Um, I absolutely loved it. It was Dallas. The, the, their stadium as well. It's the Dallas Cowboys Stadium mm-hmm. there as well. And that stadium is, is a beast. Like I've been to a lot of stadiums, like because I'm a massive football fan. But even the, the football stadiums that I've been to, like the New Camp or Wembley Stadium, they don't compare at all to, to that Dallas Cowboys Stadium. It was massive. And obviously, that one's got the roofing as well. Mm. So, sound was all contained. It was loud as hell. And there's something different about going to like a wrestling event compared to a football event. Because you go to a football event, and the majority of the fans are all cheering for the home team. But you still have got the away fans there cheering for something else. At a wrestling event, you've got the same amount of fans, but they're even more diehard, they're chanting even more, but they're all cheering for the same things and booing the same things. So the loud, the, the sound is deafening. And this stadium, I think there was like over 110,000 yeah. people inside this stadium when we was there. It was the biggest attendance one, that's for sure, was like the rock hosting. It was loud, but my first mania going to the biggest one, it was pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Wouldn't change with the world, man. <laughs> I, I just was like, right, I'm going to wear my West Ham shirt. As silly as that sounds, to wear West Ham shirts. 
example, I know I'm camera side, so I'm going to be able to find myself wearing a, wearing a West Ham shirt. But it was cool at the same time because then, especially for WrestleMania, where you've got all these different countries coming in to, to watch WrestleMania, it was a great like talking point to, mm. to all the fans outside waiting to go into the stadium and that. And I did see myself on TV because I was wearing it, so I was like, oh, happy days, there's me, the mug wearing West Ham shirt to WrestleMania. There's a guy. Um, there's a guy called uh, Lewis Brown Sawyer, and uh, he went to 31. And uh, I met. I, I met him because uh, through LV. I said, like, obviously he'd seen my pictures on the LV website. To me, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't really tell who he was going to look like because you know he just looked normal. Whereas I, long ginger hair, I was fat. You know, <laughs> it was the. Uh, it was like the combination of that. Like, that's pretty easy. And then like you just hear an Essex accent. So I'm at Access. I'm in this queue. And I've heard him, like, and he's turned around to me, don't you work for LV? I was like, yep. <laughs> so, like, right, mate. And then, like, we just got talking or whatever. And then when you watch WrestleMania 31, you watch the the, uh, the barrier area, you see a guy in an Ipswich shirt. It's him. Wow. I'll have to look out for that. WrestleMania 31 is probably one of my favorite WrestleManias. So oh. I'll have to go back and watch that. Just being there, that ending, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 WrestleMania that one mm. so so good and I thought 32 might have been the only WrestleMania I ever go to and if I, if it was I was going to be happy but to then go to WrestleMania 33 um, with yourself and, and with Russ and everything it was mm. absolutely that was, that was a good good time man. and I remember we I mean we we saw on the, on the day so many people dressing up so we thought after seeing everyone dressed up at 32 that 33 we wanted to dress up and we thought, can we go as, you know, we're quite similar sort of build and that, and, but we want to go something cool, something different. We, you know, we didn't want to go as like your, your Hulk Hogan's or, or like your, your, your Rock or your Austin's or, or Undertaker's. We wanted to be something a bit different, but at the same time cool and modern that everyone knew. And we decided to go as the fashion police, which was the weirdest experience because we, when we was outside WrestleMania 33, we must have had like a queue of people coming to take our photographs mm. and got like celebrities. It was absolutely awesome. I remember we was going around like chatting to people. If we saw them wearing something stupid, we'd go up to them and like give them like fashion warrant tickets and things like that and start saying to them like, oh, what, what are you wearing and things like that. Decided <laughs> to be um, all in good spirits. Now. It was all in good fun and good taste and that, but it was absolutely Like you, uh, so talk about stadiums. You've actually played football in a stadium, is that correct? Yeah, I, I, um, I was very, very fortunate. I, I, I spent uh, about 15 years or so working with EE, uh, and when EE um, was sponsoring Wembley Football Stadium, um, they were hosting um, the EE Cup, um, which, for those of you who don't know, that's a um, it's it's, it's, a, it's a football cup for charity that they do um, and it's all done by like, celebrities and YouTubers um, inside um, Wembley Stadium but just before that match 
they were having all EE employees and BT employees play a, a big charity match and I sort of got headhunted to, to play um, because of my everyone in the company I knew my passion for, for playing football and I was very very fortunate enough to, to play football at Wembley Stadium which was amazing because they don't actually open that stadium up for people to play on the public. Mm. So the first person on the you know, for, for the public to actually play football at Wembley Stadium, which was amazing. Um, but not only that, the team that I played for won, and yours truly got man of the match playing at Wembley. <laughs> and I got paid for it. So technically, for that one day, I was actually a professional footballer because I got paid for doing the job. So. Uh, <laughs> but no, that was an amazing experience being able to play at uh, Wembley. Really, really, really was cool. Loved it. Man, what was the after party like? Very good, very, very good. And I remember, like, I was, I, I got given my man of the match, uh, like champagne, which I still, I'm not even quite that open yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I got my, I got my medal. I was like, nutly, like, would not let go of this medal. I was so proud of it. I got the cheap home with. Uh, with Sarah and Sarah's mum because they came to watch and um, I remember that we saw these kids on, on the tube and he thought I'd actually played in, in the celebrity sort of match he was like are you one of the players who played in the match and I was like I'm going to say yes because technically I did play in a match there <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah he goes I'll get my picture done with you I was like yeah sure that's fine <laughs> He must have thought I was a famous YouTuber, which I didn't realise Loose Chunks was that famous. That was a good one, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, that, that, was, that was good, and I got the opportunity as well to play at Crystal Palace, but um, I was recovering, and still am to this day, uh, recovering from a horrific knee injury that I got playing football. My knee went back to front, oh. so... Yeah, that, that was that was nasty and just as I was recovering there was the opportunity to play at Crystal Palace and I wasn't going to turn that down so I played about 20 minutes at Crystal Palace before my knee went again and I had to have an ambulance come on the pitch and take me away so um, I, I knew at that moment that my football career had probably finished but that was upsetting for me because football was a massive part of my life but mm. well, I you know uh it must be like, you know, the fact that you got to play at Wembley, you were a man of the match, and the fact you got injured and, uh, you know, on pitch as well at Crystal Palace, you know, you tick three things off there. If you got, like, carded as well, you'd be like, yeah, I've done the whole deal. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Football's been a massive part of my life. I mean, I, was, I, I forget I was playing football for good old Wardy Stars back in the day when mm. I was about five years old. And then moved over to Great Danes, where I played alongside like Matt Hookins. Oh, mate, rival um, company as well. <laughs> proper, proper rival switch that was. Um, but I, I had some great times playing, and then I, I went over to Hartford Stars, back so back over to Wally, the really named Hartford Stars, um, and became captain over there, and I loved it. We we was a good good team. We had a funny team as well. Like I used to play in defence. And there was nothing better waking up on a Sunday morning just to go out there and kick people. I loved it. But I was a proper day player as well. I used to leave my foot in a couple of times. I used to play alongside Sam Adam, which uh, was always a good laugh because we would always, 
whenever we were marking someone, we used to wind them up, like give them up wet willies or grab their asses or give them proper day tackles. It was, it was the best. I love Sunday football. So, so good fun. I mean, we, we won the league uh, a couple of times, which was good. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just great fun. And when, when my team finished, um, must have been about 17, I still wanted to carry on playing football. Um, but there was no because our team folded no one was playing football but we all felt the same way that we wanted to carry on playing so then I thought well how hard is it to to create your own team and start it off and I thought surely it can't be that hard and I started chatting to a few people like Nick Pullin and, and Robbie Reddy and players I've played alongside with uh, and a few players who I had never played alongside with as well but always wanted to, to have that experience like my brother Paul for example plays He's five years younger than me, but I'd always wanted to play alongside with him. And I thought, well, I'm getting people interested here. I wonder if I can start my own team. And funny enough, a lot of people said yes. And we started to get the ball rolling. We hired out the, the Brentwood Centre's football pitch that had yeah. to pitch on a Sunday night for training sessions. And these training sessions, we would have about, no, no exaggeration here, about... 10 aside on this 11 aside pitch so a good 20 of us would turn up every Sunday and we would just play football and what turned out to be just a training session all of a sudden we thought well let's make this into a proper team you know let's let's play like six aside on a Monday night because I knew out of the 20 players I could easily get six players to turn up every single week and yeah it was good because you had people who wanted to play on, on the Monday night and, the, and on the Sunday. Some people just did it on the Sunday just for fitness. Some people who who turned up who never really played football whatsoever at any sort of level, but turned up just for fitness and to see the friends and, and have a laugh. It was it was awesome. Um, we did training session for training sessions for about two years until the Brentwood Centre got really really greedy and without no uh, notice for anything, they'd kicked us off because one of the Brentwood Six Aside Leagues decided they wanted to do it on a Sunday and take up our session, which was upsetting, really, because we'd, we'd had that pitch and given Brentwood Centre money every Sunday for the mm. last two And to not have any notice for them to start this league off, it was a little bit gutting. So the training stops, but the team carried on. Um, we, 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 we still play even now. 14 years later, after setting that team up, we still play now uh, on a Monday night over Shenfield. I don't play anymore because of my knee, but I still organise it and still turn for the Christmas dues. And I'm hoping that if I get my knee sorted, then I can hopefully come back and play again. But yeah, we had some, some good, good times with that football team. Um, some really, really good times. I thought that we'd play in Orange because at the time I was working for Orange Mobile Phones. I thought, yeah, Orange to try and sponsor us. So, uh, yeah, we played, we played in Orange. We're called Brentwood Tigers. Um, um, still going strong now. We've, we've won a few cups and that as well. We've been on football tours as well. We went up to uh, up to Kiel um, to play football in the, in the tournament over there, which was great fun. So, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, absolutely awesome. I've seen all the lads. And that's a really cool story because on top of that you've got a bit of a disability don't you yeah exactly so um, you're a uh, West Ham fan <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge huge West Ham fan 
Yeah, I, I, I used to have a season ticket over there back in the day. I used to go with my, with my nan and granddads, but they used to come all the way down from Cheshire. That's so cool, man. Uh, in, you know, they're in the, they, at the time, they were both in their late 70s. Hmm. Um, bless her, my nan's now dead. My granddad's still going strong, mate. Um, but yeah, they used to come down every weekend to do a watch and they used to go to as many away games as possible. Yeah. Um, and it was great seeing them every, every weekend. I ran to park and watching them. Um, I had to give up my season ticket because, mainly because of work, really. Um, I I used to work in Lakeside at the time, so I used to do a morning shift uh, working at Orange um, and then get the train over to West Ham, watch West Ham, and then come back in the train uh, to Lakeside and then do the evening shift. So I would have done my eight hours in a day, but in between that, I used to go and watch the football one. <laughs> on the weekend which was brilliant I loved it but um, yeah I'm a massive massive West Ham fan absolutely huge um, but I'm also uh, a part time Craig Alexandra fan because of my dad and because of Sarah's uh, side especially her brother I've had a bit of a soft spot for Ipswich Town now as well so, attracting uh, boy <laughs> yeah to attract a boy so uh, <laughs> it's, it's why I'm living out here in the countryside I've, I've had to adapt them into my love, my passion as well. But no, I, I still absolutely love my um, love, love, love my football. Um, and like I said, I'm desperate to try and get my knee sorted. I, I funny enough, I went to the hospital mm. last week, um, and they done an X-ray on it, and still no, there's no damage to the bone, but it's all ligament damage. So I have to wait and see what they say, what I can do with that. But it's uh, it's been two years now, so I'm still struggling with it. Mate, that's horrible. But I just, I just know so many people like who have like, um, who like you know played sports and like you know their knees are just absolutely like just turned to dust now. Like, I know you, I know uh, Callum. He he's got like no cartilage. Uh, a guy called Gary Palmer, who he used to play for uh, Charlton for a bit, and then like uh, his football career got cut short because of that. And then like yeah, so it's just like it's quite heartbreaking to hear about it. You know, like you know just how. You can be, you know, just playing football next. You know, like, guess what? You're not going to play football anymore. And you're like, this is my one true passion, man. Yeah, I mean, football was a massive passion of mine. It wasn't my only one. I mean, I was, I was massively interested in, in performing arts, like when I went to college there. But I, I any sort of like sort of art, I've always been passionate about. But the one art I, I'm not passionate about uh, was, funny enough, art at school. Mm. I actually got banned from doing art at school. <laughs> Is, uh, I mean, you must have had that one lesson in art where you had to sit opposite someone and draw them. Well, I had that at my school. Um, we, uh, the art teacher said, right, what we're going to do is, for this lesson, the person you're sitting opposite, they're going to draw you and you're going to draw them. And I remember I, I, was, I was hoping I was sitting next to like one of my mates because I thought I could draw them, no problem at all. Instead, I got sat next to this... Now, she, bless her, she got hit hard with that ugly stick. She had these two buck teeth, like, not the prettiest of girls in the world, but she was sitting right opposite me, she looked like a proper cartoon character, and I'm thinking, this is the only way I know how to draw. I can't draw properly, I can only draw cartoons. Oh, shit, what am I going to do? Like, because I can't, if I don't highlight the fact she's got these, these teeth, then it shows that I've got, eyes and I can't see and things like that so 
I've had to draw her, try and make her look as pretty as possible, and I just couldn't do it. Um, and I remember the teacher sort of like tapped me on the shoulder and she said, oh, Dave, can I have a word of you? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I've gone in the other room. And um, she said, I've just seen your picture. I was like, oh, okay. She goes, I want you to tear it up and I want you to start again. And I said, well, what's wrong with it? She goes, I find it very offensive and very rude. So I thought, well, hang on a minute, miss. This isn't like maths or, 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 or science where you get a question wrong. This is art and this is me expressing myself and my opinion. Like, this, this, is, this is literally it. Yeah. Are you thinking about taking art as, as like a as GCSE? And I was like, yeah, I was, I was thinking about doing it. And she said, no, you're not. She goes, if you put your name forward, say you want to take this as a GCSE, she goes, I will not allow it. She goes, I will stop you from doing that. So she goes, I'm going to tear this up and I want you to start again. So I sat back down and I just drew a stick, man, and just put my pencil down. I said, look, sorry, this is the best I could do. She's like, oh, I thought I thought about it. It was, uh, yeah, bad time. So I wasn't allowed to do art anymore at school. Um, I was banned from doing it for my art teacher. Man, I'm in the same boat as you. When it comes to art, I, I can't draw. Like, you know, like, I remember the uh, once I actually aced doing the, the Weeping Widow or something like that, but and the teacher's like, just stopped the whole class and went, look, look at Matthew's drawing, because everyone's like, well, I was a bit of like, uh, I was always in, like, you know, the learning development kind of group, you know, I wasn't like the, uh, I, I, you know, I always say I've got Asperger's syndrome, which I do, uh, but, um, like, uh, so people once went to me, like, do you have the mental age of a three-year-old? And I was like, yeah, why not? You know, kind of thing. You know, just there's like there's so many things. It was just there, like, oh, but yeah, um, like so you see these people draw like you know proper good pictures of people, or whatever. And there's just like obviously, like you said, you can draw a good cartoon character. You know, same here. I could draw a great cartoon character, but I can't draw people in general. No, I really can't. I'm scared doing that after the the bollocking I got from my teacher. So yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> it's like when I was doing Friday debate at the end of it what I was doing I just bought tracing paper printed out a picture of the person traced over their face or whatever put on the paper and she was like there done <laughs> and cheated but you know uh, <laughs> that was you know just more of a boost but it actually took more longer than actually doing it you know like you know how which would have been easy just to draw it up <laughs> yeah and like but yeah how was school for you anyway? Did you did you enjoy it or is it? Uh, yeah, I was I was a bit of an in betweener in school. I was like I was one of these guys who I could literally go up to all the cool kids or at the same time go up to all the quiet kids yeah. um, and I could just talk to them. Uh, I was sort of like I'd like to think I was I was, I was friends with everyone really. Uh, There's no one that I disliked really at all. I got on well with everyone. Um, at school, I was I, I was a prefect, and the only reason why I chose to be a prefect is because I could jump the queue and go go for lunch before anyone else, which was always <laughs> school dinner yeah, was amazing. Um, and at the same time, it was when it's freezing cold outside, I could be inside, tell everyone to bugger off, whilst I sit there and play some car games and keep warm. <laughs> so uh, there was some good. Good joys of being a prefect. Um, I like I like what you said there. Like you know, you were quite a loved person. I'm the I was the same. I was quite beloved. You know, it's one of the things. Like even if people were dicks at the end of the day, they're only children. So you know, people change, don't they? You know. So I look back and feel like you know what? If you were a dick to me at school, you're forgiven, all right? Exactly. I don't burn your bridges wherever you go. You know, just, just be friendly with everyone. Mm. That was a, 
but when I was uh, at school, I, I did, I mean, I did loads of, loads of, loads of events. I did, uh, the big one I did was a Duke of Edinburgh Award. Uh, mm. I used to love that. It was like a, a day out where you wouldn't have to do lessons, but just do, do the Duke of Edinburgh. And I remember I was doing this long hike, and I was with one of these, like, she was a bit of a boffin girl, let's say, she, she, she knew what she was doing and we was looking at the map with each other and we was meant to walk this walk which was I don't know, like 12 miles but she worked out and calculated a shortcut which we could do it in say six miles and we thought well, let's do this why are we going to walk you know hard when we could walk smart you know surely that would be using your initiative here and so the jury later was about <laughs> Exactly. So, so we we did this shortcut walk instead, and we found the pub of the way, and we thought, well, brilliant! This is the pub we're meant to be meeting everyone in. Let's let's just go there. So we went in the pub. Obviously, I only ordered cokes because we're like fourteen years old, and we're all sitting there thinking, yeah, when the teachers like turn up, just just, just pretend that your legs hurt and things like that. Like, oh yeah, that's a tough walk, but we ran it and things like that. We turned to our right after we've just ordered the cokes, and there, there's all the teachers going, "What are you doing here?" So, you know, so early, and we was like, "Oh, back up with balls this up." Um, but yeah, I, I used to participate in loads. I did um, like all the school plays because I was a, I loved all my drama. Like I did, I did drama school outside of my normal school as well. Um, so I did all the school plays. Absolutely loved doing all that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I used to love it. I was in the school basketball team, which was always good fun. Um, good memories there. Like, I, the football team, I, I didn't even try to get into um, because everyone who, who was in the football team, they they, they, they would just would show off and wanted to, didn't want to pass the ball around to it. was just a team of individuals. Whereas the basketball team was complete opposite. Not a lot of talent, but all your best mates did it, and it was just banter. Real, real good banter, and I laugh. You did say you did say about how you did your uh, what's it? You did acting things like that. You were actually meant to be in a pantomime this Christmas, weren't you? I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, funny enough, because like, because I can't do my football. I've always said like you need a hobby in life, uh, whether it was loose trunks or playing football. And obviously, I'm not doing it either. So I thought to myself, well, I want to do something. I thought, well, let's get back into acting. Um, and I decided that I was going to audition for, for my local uh, pantomime, and I got the part. Uh, we were meant to be doing Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, but obviously that's got cancelled this year, and it's put on for, for next year instead. So, fingers crossed it all will go ahead. But, you know, I, I did get the part in that, which I was happy about. Um, so, yes, um, the uh, Dunmo pantomime, watch out, because uh, I'll be there next year. Who, who are you meant to be playing? I was meant to be playing, um, I forget the character's name now, uh, not, not Snow White, um, but he was uh, the, um, like the, the, one of the, one of the town's councillors or something like that. He was, he made all the rules up, not like a king or anything, but he was in court. Um, so yeah, I got the part of that, so not too bad. Um, <laughs> just, I love to go there. Just see that. But that's our day. Yeah, when you go on the thing, I was just all those loose tracks like, "Where go, our day?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I,
Yeah, man, you'll have to come on down. I'll have to let you know. But, um, I mean, drama's always been a massive part of my life. I, I've always loved going to the theatre and watching things things on show. Um, and a lot of my friends, when they left school, they all went to do sixth form. But I was one of the only few that decided not to. I wanted to, to pursue the acting after doing... I used to go outside of school. I used to go to Southern Stage School. But I still wanted to, to study it further. And I auditioned... Well, you had to. You couldn't just get the grades and turn up. I had to audition to go to Southend College mm-hmm. and then have an interview afterwards. I passed that. And going to college was absolutely brilliant. I met the, the coolest and best people. Um, I had such a random class. I mean, there wasn't was actually a lot of guys. It was predominantly all girls. Uh, which, especially for me, because I was at school. I was everyone's... I was everyone's best friend when it came to girls. I was never, uh, I never had any girlfriends or that at all. But when I went to college, however, I went for being everyone's best mate. So there weren't a lot of guys, so girls would sometimes try and jump on you. And so it was, that was cool. Yeah. Being, being like I said, um, but yeah, college was great fun. I used to have such a random class because I, Joe, Joe Hales, who's one of my best mates, is Albino, bless him. I had, Tom Cullum, who, who was this ginger guy, I had uh, this guy called Adrian, who looked like he was a band member from Kiss. I had Andy, who was a dwarf. Um, I had Joe Alshway, who was this biggest gay you've ever met. You know, like, hi, sweetie, and things like that. So you can imagine what that looked like when we were walking around South End with each other. It was like an Englishman, Irishman, and Scottishman walking to a bar. It was kind of like that. It was we got some weird looks. I think the coolest thing was Andy, the dwarf. He passed his driver's license before any, anyone else. Oh yeah. Driver around. He used to like noddy. Like we'd all get in the car and he used to drive us around South End. Um, but yeah, college was awesome. Like all the college parties, all the shows we did, because we was able to perform at the Cliffs and the Palace. That was really cool. Um, we did work experience in, in Disney, and uh, Disneyland Paris as well, which is epic. Um, so yeah, we, we had a lot of good times there. Of two years of my life, and probably from an educational point of view, the two best years of my life without, without a shadow of a doubt, it was awesome. Um, and probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life was, was going to that college. It was so good because it was all all brand new, that college. Um, it had only just been built right in the middle of the town. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty cool. Mate, that's awesome. Tell, tell us about the wildest uh, college party that you went to. <laughs> um, I would probably say the fancy dress party that we, we went to. Um, I went as a Jedi. I think I, I bought this... I thought I'd rented it, but it turned out I'd actually bought it. It was like this deluxe Anakin Skywalker outfit. And um, I then, because I bought it, I then went and dressed up with that to every single fancy dress party I went to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to this college party dressed as Anakin Skywalker. And Andy, my dwarf mate, he went as an Oompa Loompa and just absolutely nailed it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we used to have great parties all the time. Really like. Yeah, good good times. But was there any, like any times where you've just been like really so hungover that you know you just were like, yeah, I, that was the greatest night ever, but never again. Yeah, pretty much. And I had um, because I, I started work when I was like sixteen years old working yeah, for um, and obviously I was a retail job, so Saturday was our busiest times. 
So the amount of times I used to like have to wake up at say four o'clock in the morning or sometimes not even have any sleep whatsoever yeah. and get on that first train back from South End all the way to Brentwood to then try and make myself look presentable to then walk up the higher street to then start serving customers for a whole day for eight hours straight. That was tough. That was tough. But I managed to do that until until I was about 
all that quality time with each other. You're listening, you're absorbing everything that, that, that each other person's saying. We went on this Disney cruise and it was like a Mr. and Mrs. night where, um, yeah, I don't know if you've been cinema at all or done them, where you're asking, answering questions about the other person. And we got to the semi-final of that uh, because of, of how much we were listening to each other. But we had to like, blag it and say to each other, oh yeah, like we've known each other for years, this, that, the other. Um, and really, no, we'd only been on like, I don't know, a few weeks worth of dates. Mm. It was uh, it was really cool, but it was the best holiday ever. And we just got, I remember it was like the last night and Sarah said to me, oh, well, we're going to be on a couple when we come back. And I said, well, I don't know. She said, well, why is that? Yeah, I've just spent two weeks with you at the best time ever. Like, why why you know, are we not going to be a couple? And I was like, well, you live in Stevin, which is like near Great Dunwood Way. I live in Brentwood. It's about 45, 50-minute drive. You, you're a solicitor Monday to Friday. I work in sales and retail, working weekends. I, I, I don't know if this is going to work. I want it to work because I really, really like you, but how is this going to Feasibly, feasibly work. We just need to go home and and see if we can make it work. So she was a little bit upset um, about about that. But when I got home, we did make it work. We did see each other. We didn't see each other as much as we'd like. It was only twice, three times a week. But sometimes that's what you need. I sort of learned that from the last relationship I was in, where I was working with my ex and coming home with her and that I was like no this is actually pretty healthy this is good and we liked each other more and more and more and yeah we then became official had a few more holidays and breaks away with each other and you know sometimes you just know you just know that it's going to work and I just knew that um, we bought a house with each other we now live over Silver and White and the minute I bought the house with her I, I wouldn't have bought the house if I didn't think I was going to marry that girl mm. so um, we then went away to New York and I, I knew I was going to pop the question I didn't know how I was going to do it though didn't really plan that far ahead but I had the ring in my um, in my pocket when she was holding my hand um, she, she kept on like getting quite close to the box. I was like, no, let's hold hands out here. But she still had no idea. And we went to Central Park uh, really, really early in the morning. It must have been about, say, 10 o'clock in the morning. And we were walking around Central Park and we saw this great big rock where you could climb up and see all of New York. So we just climbed up the top of that rock and there was no one there. I thought, this is perfect. So we're taking all of our photos at the top of this rock and... We were about to leave, and I just said, wait a minute, I've just got to do my shoelaces, so I've just gone down on one knee. And um, she's going to turn around and see I'm on one knee, pretending to do my shoelace, and I've just pulled out this ring. She had no idea and just started bursting into tears. And she's like, oh, I love it, I love it. I'm like, you've not even seen the ring yet. Like, there could be a Harry Potter ring in there for you now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she was in the right old state, bless her, crying her eyes out, and... Uh, Luckily, yeah, she said yes. And, um, yeah, that, that happened uh, last October, last year. So a year and a month we've been engaged now. So, yeah, it's just, just she, she's just the best. Like, she, she really, really is. She's, um, we just click up, click and get on so, so well. Um, 
her family are absolutely awesome. Like for me, I don't get in a relationship unless you tick all of my boxes, and I have a lot of boxes. I'm that fussy. For me, there are millions and millions and millions of girls out there. So unless she's ticking every single one of your boxes, you can afford to be you can afford to be picky. And um, yeah, for me, she was she was brilliant, and it just proves that. When you don't look for something, something always pops up, and um, yeah, she popped up at the right time in my life. Man, that's a really cool, cute story, actually. <laughs> Man, I, I always just remember, uh, you know, we 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 tried doing that second loose trunks thing where we um, we're doing like the A to Z of wrestling that never happened, uh, and then you you drove me home and you were saying, oh yeah, I'm going to propose to her, you know, when we go to New York. I'm like, oh man, that's awesome, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just knew I was going to, but I had, I had no I, I, I had no idea how I was going to do it. Mm. It was only the rock, and I was like, "This is perfect." And I took the ring with me because I knew that day was the only day it wasn't going to rain. Every other day, it was I was there, it was going to rain. So, well, I'm going to do it. It's got to be today. Um, but it all worked out really, really well. And yeah, New York was great fun. Like we went to go see Frozen on stage as well, um, which was absolutely brilliant seeing that when it comes to London definitely gotta go see that man you'll love it yep well they see Mary Poppins in London but again can't do that at the moment either which sucks <laughs> did you ever watch Frozen 2 I did yes yeah. love it it was one of them films I sat there going like this could have been any film, literally, but you know they wanted to make that extra bit, extra bit of money off the cast or like the Frozen franchise. They put Frozen Two. Like the storyline, literally, was pretty like you know like man, you know it didn't have to be a Frozen movie. But you sat there thinking, Disney are a genius. <laughs> well, well, the only thing I'm annoyed about Disney for, which for me is Toy Story Four. Like, I'm sorry, the greedy bastard say fucking ruined Toy Story for me with that film. Forky, he's a prick. I hate him. That's unbelievable because <laughs> he pricks people. He's a fork. <laughs> Toy Story Four was it was it was nice, kind of like because it kind of gave Woody his kind of swan song. Mm-hmm. So it, when it, it, it was a Woody very Woody based film. It was. And what did Buster? Huh? What did Buster in it? Uh, act dumb. Sh- <laughs> Buzz did nothing at all in that, which is for me upsetting because you go back to Toy Story One, the original rooms, mm. and it was them being a rival and, and obviously showing how they eventually click and become best friends. And that's what it should have been about. It should have been a, more about Buzz as well, and it just didn't happen. I think they were right to do a fourth film, but the way it happened, like, like it became more about Forky and cheap merchandise. Shame on you, Disney. You're saying that. I can, I can sit there and just put Toy Story 1 to 4 on all day long and sit there and like yeah, to this day I think one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in any movie is when Rex knocks Zerg off the lift and you see him go no <laughs> it's just and yeah. like that's hard Toy Story 2 is just amazing just for all the Star Wars like references he's seen out I'm like yeah Toy, Toy 2 is awesome <laughs> Toy Story 2 uh, like <laughs> <laughs> just 
<laughs> I might as well watch that film after this today, but it's just every time I watch it, I will literally smile so much because it's just some of the humor was so funny in it. Like, like you said, there's the Star Wars Easter eggs. You're like, you know, part with other buzz. You know, how did they come up with that? <laughs> you know, and just the fact when he's just climbing up the lift, you know, with them all up on, on like, hanging on, and he goes, "What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let go of the wall." No, no, don't do it. Yeah, uh, and then like <laughs> just everything in that film was just incredible. Like, <laughs> was, the, the Zerg to this day is one of my favorite characters, even though he only had like a couple of scenes. But I've got him tattooed on my arm, so you know, uh, I'm proud. Zerg's <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> I just want them to do like you know, uh, if they, I'm guessing someday they're going to do something with Disney Plus where. With like the with like the two gangs or something, and hopefully Zerg makes his big return. Hopefully so. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd like to see them do a film. Um, I mean, do you remember that they did that Buzz Lightyear like cartoon? Like, of Star Command, yeah. Yeah, they 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 need to they need to do that for actual like, Buzz Lightyear film. That's mm. what they need to do. What is your favorite Disney film, Dave? You're a Disney nerd. You're a Dis nerd. I've got a, a soft spot for the new Beauty and the Beast that they've done. I think out of all the, the, the new adaptations that they've done, that is just brilliant in terms of the casting um, and how true it is, yet different to the cartoon. I've got a lot of time for that. Um, I love Moana just because of Dwayne Rock Johnson. Mm. He, he does make that film. It's brilliant. Um, but old school Disney, I mean, films like The Lion King, course but I'm not, I wasn't a fan of the new Lion King purely because I don't know I think they should have I like what they've done with making you know, all the CGI animals but they should have given them like the sort of like cartoony sort of face I know someone on YouTube like sort of customised it yeah. and done it and that's what they should have done they, they missed the trick with that like, like Sonic the Hedgehog yeah but they should have done that like similar to what they did with Sonic the Hedgehog and then go back and redone it mm. they should have done that but they bought something in my opinion uh, um, I like, like the uh, what's it um I think the casting was great. Like you know, the fact that obviously Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen as Timon, Timon and Pumbaa, yeah. mate, <laughs> show stealers that was. <laughs> they they nail it, Disney, when it comes to casting. They they really really do. Hmm. Um, uh, other than that, um... tell you the one thing that pissed me off of that movie. I thought it was a great movie, but the worst thing about it was when Simba's running through the desert. Why the fuck are they playing Beyonce? <laughs> Just a random yeah. Beyonce song, right? It's literally like, like, what, what, what is actually the point of this? You know, like, it's just promoting Beyonce. It's like she's big enough already. Why, why does she even need like her ego twisted even more? Pretty much, there was just no need for it whatsoever. Mm. It's pretty pointless. I 100 percent agree with you on that. It's, it was a it was a weird one, that's for sure. I wasn't a fan, fan of the new Aladdin film either. Mm. Uh, I think for me as well, because that film means the world to me, because it's got Robbie Williams in it. Oh, yeah. That man was the reason why I got into, into into not just watching films, but wanting to be an actor as well. I, I doubled that man mm. growing up. Um, so, yeah, def- definitely, definitely Aladdin's got a soft spot in my heart as well. My favourite live action one was The Jungle Book. Yeah. That's a, that's a great show, actually, because, again, when you compare it to the cartoon, mm. it com- 
Like even the like the ending with like because Mowgli walks off to the uh, the man village obviously at the end of the the cartoon one whereas in this one he stays and it just it just feels it's right you know just looking seeing him happy you know with you know uh, Baloo and um, uh, what's his name <laughs> what is the, the panther called Bagheera oh, Bagheera yes oh boy I, I love Bagheera cast for that film like we had Idris Elba you know in it like. Great cast, really, really good for all the right characters. Mm. Uh, they really have nailed it. So, fair play to Disney. Like when it comes to their casting, they really do get it spot on. Mate, he, he's he's absolutely killing it these days. Old Idris Elba, isn't he? like when you watch all the Marvel movies and like you know you see him as like Heimdall and like you know he's a. I, th- I think he didn't like the role at first because all he did is literally just gone <laughs> like turned a sword and that was his role, whatever. But then, 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 like in Ragnarok, you become a badass, you know. So I feel like he was there, like you know what, redeem myself here. <laughs> Pretty much, like he's, uh, he's he's done really well. And if they were, if they were ever to have that bond, he would be the man. Like yeah, you know what, that, that would be right. He's probably too old for it now. Hmm. I mean, uh, Tom Hardy now, but um, he would have been a good one if they went down down the uh, down the dark route. Say what you want, I'm still praying for uh, Ginger James Bond and Damian Lewis. <laughs> fair play if they pick him fair play if they pick him he'd be a good ginger to have right, as ginger's so, going to take over one day you know everyone's going to be fearing us one day <laughs> probably I don't know so when I might, but... I might have ginger kids because my dad's ginger so um, I could help repopulate because it skips a generation I'm proud of you Dave <laughs> Like when it, when it, well, I've only just trimmed it today, but the other day when it was ridiculously long, it was so ginger. So they call it ginger. Yeah, that that could be a sign that I might have ginger kids. So if it is, I mean, any ginger names thrown out there, Matt? If I ever do have ginger kids, well, I think the only ones amazingly these days are uh, Ed, Damien, <laughs> Matt, Nick, <laughs> uh, Ron Weasley's a big one. Um, well, Rupert Grint, isn't his real name? <laughs> Rupert's a proper ginger name, that is. Yeah, oh, it is, you know. <laughs> He's a very likeable person, that guy. I've never seen actually watching the Harry Potter movies, but, you know, when you watch him in interviews and things... Even Thunderpants. Do you remember Thunderpants, that movie? Oh, I do. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like, you, Patrick, you're going to be a scientist, <laughs> whatever it is. Like, that was... I think Sarah would be calling me Thunderpants, you know, farts either around here. Like, back at school, I was called David Farting, so literally I would just drop one and just... Everyone knew, everyone knew that that was a David smell, a little farting. Mate, you, uh, you're you on the loose trunk set, you hear, and you just go, I think it was a duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was awful. <laughs> Uh, you, you brought you brought like you know happiness to the to majority like to everyone's face. I'm pretty sure at least trunks. So he definitely did to me. Uh, I always just remember you said a second like uh, say earlier on you were saying about like Callum, and to this day I I can always just see it. The time where like Liam was obsessed with bringing this like kendo stick to the set, wasn't he? You remember that? And, <laughs> yeah, and um, it was the episode after like Callum betrayed me and Liam in it, and. Uh, you know, he come up doing that, you know, kind of going, this is the Oriental Wrestling Report. Woo, yeah. And next, you know, you see Liam come in and just go, crack over the head, like proper bad. And Callum took the bump like a pro. And everyone, everyone was like, oh, fuck. You know, 
And you just had to sit there going like, and then like we're all just checking on Callum afterwards, and like Liam's just doing this like little thing, going talking about like you know uh, New Japan or whatever. And then we're all just going like, Callum, you're all right, mate. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right, yeah. <laughs> He's like seven foot taller compared to everyone else. Like he's he's a beast, an absolute beast. But Cannon did take it like an absolute trooper. Mm. He uh, he did well. <laughs> Man, how are you doing anyway? Like with the whole COVID thing, how's everything treating you at the moment? Yeah, you know what? Not not too bad because I I I. I I left EE um, mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago uh, after spending 15 years working for the company. Um, and I left at a time where BT had just started to really come in and they were really changing the goalposts and not for the better. Pay was, they were making pay a lot worse, which when I first started at Orange back in the day, only working two days a week in a little quiet breakfast store, as a 16-year-old, I was taking home £500 a month, hmm. which I then thought, oh, like, imagine what I could earn in a busier store and doing this full-time, hence the reason why I pushed on and like, became a store manager and like, a, later on uh, into like, a sales coach. Um, and I absolutely loved it and I met some great people along the way, but I definitely left out at, at, the, at the right time when BT started coming because it's certainly not for the better now. Um, I then went to work for a company called um, ADSI, which they they sold like business mobiles. So I swear mobiles are just stuck with me in my, in my veins now for life. Yeah. Um, I sold business mobiles over the phone um, for O2, but I felt as if the job had been completely misold to me because it was account managing if you had accounts. If you didn't have accounts, you were cold calling businesses. and it weren't for me. I was used to customers coming to me as opposed to me going to the customer and I hated it. Um, so I left there Christmas last year and I joined up with um, Service Innovation Group. Um, I joined them February of this year and they they basically, they're, they're a merchandising company for Apple. So my job is to go into um, like John Lewis, Curry's, Dixon's, um, EE stores, um, and merchandise all their Apple equipment, um, but also to go into the supermarkets um, to make sure that the iTunes gift cards, they're all merchandised where they need to be, uh, work as well for Beats as well, work doing all Beats headphones as well. Um, so for me, it's, it's a job where I'm away from sales, away from the stress, and I'm also working all by myself. I no longer work with a team. Mm-hmm. And I also get to pick where I work. At the moment, I'm covering all of Essex, London, and Suffolk. Um, I get given a schedule for a whole month, and I get to pick where I want to be, which is awesome. Um, and I spent February and March learning the role. And then lockdown happened. So... Lockdown then happened. I was furloughed, but Apple decided to give us the extra twenty percent, so we were still getting paid in full to do bugger all, which was lovely. And then, come what June, I was then back on the road again, back working. But although I'd been working for the company for a little while, then really that was my first month in June working all by myself. So I'm still incredibly new to the role itself, but I'm absolutely loving it now. Um, obviously, been furloughed again. Apple are 
are still being decent paying us in full some not missing out there um some people might think well you know do you not get bored of working by yourself well for me uh, after spending 15 years working in teams it's actually quite nice to work not by yourself i get to work as hard as as i want or as, as quiet as i want mm-hmm. it just means as long as the work's done by the end of the month then the company doesn't care yeah. you know, uh, which is nice um but it's nice to i mean i'm still interacting with people when i'm in stores anyway but when i'm on the road yeah, I'm listening to my music. I'm listening to my podcast. That's the reason why I've listened to so many of yours and actually read my long journeys. Because I'm roughly doing about, it must be about 100, 150 to 200 miles a day I'm doing. Mm. And it's a lot of driving. But, you know, I, I love driving. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome. It's a really, really good job with no stress. And, yeah, it's just great fun. Yeah. Man. It's hard to find these days a, a company where it's actually nice going into work with no stress, and yeah, it's it's just a really really good job. Nice. So we're getting towards the end of your episode. Like you've you've mentioned in the past about how wild Ibiza is, and you've been a couple of times, I believe. Yeah, I, I have. I remember I'd I'd literally just come out of a, a, a relationship. Um, you didn't tick all the boxes. Yeah, I was in a pretty bad way because um, this this girl did tick my boxes. I was about to move in into a house with her, oh, wow. uh, so it was it was uh, it was tough, really, really tough. And I was in a bad place. And I remember I, 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 one night in Brentwood, I bumped into Joe, my Albino mate. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen him in a little while because I did that schoolboy mistake when I was in a, in that relationship where because it was my first proper long relationship where I, you, you ditch all your mates and you're, you're in that relationship oh, yeah. and you, know, you just put all your eggs in one basket I, I definitely made that mistake and certainly will never ever make that mistake ever again um, and I bumped into him and he was so understanding and forgiving and was like yeah, don't worry about the fact that I haven't seen you in ages it's cool and then he I asked him how he was and what he was up to and he said he was about to go to Ibiza fun. And he said, you should come along. I was like, well, Joe, I only know like you and a handful of your mates. I don't know like loads of them. And he said, well, there's about 16 of us going in total. Um, all mixed being all boys and girls. Mm. And he was like, why don't you come along? So I did. And I had literally an amazing time. I think the guys who I met out there, I'm still friends with now through thanks, you know, thanks, thanks to Joe. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all a great bunch of people and I remember um, one of the girls who went out who I went out there with she worked at she worked at EE but she worked uh, in like the head office side of things I was like oh my god I've absolutely crazed crazed about that so we, you know, we got on like a house on fire um, but we had, a, we had a great time and one of the times that I can think of was like the first night there and we was going to go see Calvin Harris and my body wasn't used to missing out on meal because you you party hard until like four in the morning mm. and then you wake up at say ten o'clock. So you, you your your breakfast is like lunchtime really. But my body was not used to missing out on meal because you know me has and I love my food. <laughs> and the first the first night that we um, that we went there, I was starving and we went to this bar. Uh, sorry, to this restaurant and everyone's ordering their food 
and I've ordered mine and I've got this this mixed grill and I've absolutely demolished it. Like the minute he's given it to me, I've demolished it. Mm. And I'm like, bloody hell, Dave, you must have been on grill. I was like, yeah, I was starving. And they're like, well, we've only just started eating. Like, why don't you order some more food? So I put my hand up and the waiter comes over. And I said, all right, mate, can I get that again? And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem at all. I said, but can I have it bigger? And he said, well, I'll tell you what, why, why don't you go ahead with the fish, fish like mixed grill instead, because it is bigger. I said, okay, I'll have that as well. He said, no, 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 no. He goes, you're not, I'm not going to let you order that and that because you're going to waste all the food. Like, you're not going to eat it, especially after you've just eaten that mixed grill there. Mm. So I said to the waiter, I'll tell you what, if I can't eat that and that after I've just eaten that, then you can charge me double. Charge me double for, 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 for the waste. I, that's fine. I said, but I'm telling you, I'm that hungry. I'll eat it all. So he started laughing. He was like, okay, okay. And he shook my hand. He goes, you're going to do that? I was like, yeah, I promise you, I will do that. So he starts laughing and he goes around the back. And you can tell what he's then saying to all these waitress men, like, put even more food on, like, let's just get this money out of this guy. So he comes out with these two great big plates for when he puts these plates in front of me. And my mate's like, Jesus Christ, Dave, like, there is no way you're going to eat all that after just eating that. I was like, trust me, I will. And I absolutely demolished it. And about half an hour later, the waiter comes back, shouts me. His eyes are just like amazed that I've done it. And he's like, how have you done that? Because he was keeping an eye on me, like every mm. now and again, make sure I wasn't passing food to anyone else. But I had done it. I've got the world's biggest food baby known to man. And I'm wearing obviously like a tight top. Um, it probably wasn't that tight to start off with, but it certainly was by the end of it. And uh, yeah, the, the guy was amazed, and he brought out loads of free drinks for me and my mates because he was—he obviously lost the weight, lost the bet, so he gave out loads of free drinks for us. And then we went to see Calvin, Hart, uh, Calvin Harris afterwards, and literally, I felt as if I was going to shit myself afterwards. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't probably enjoy the night whatsoever. I was literally in that much pain after eating all that food, but man. That was, uh, I think it was a shock for, for all, my, all my mates to see how much food I could pack away, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it was absolutely awesome. It was uh, such a good time, I beat up. Um, yeah, great, great times. Not a lot of sleep when you're partying hard to all hours of, yeah, all hours of the day. Um, we went to Zoo Project there as well, which is pretty cool, because that's where you get all like face painted up as like animals. And me being a massive football fan and I was like right, I'm going to go ahead as a Brentwood Tiger I'm going to represent the football team <laughs> so, uh, I went as a Tiger all face painted up and um, I met this girl and we started getting on really really well probably a little bit too well towards the night and um, I remember I, I just uh, my mate saw me and kiss, kissing her and I ended up like we was kissing next to freezer and I don't know why they're honestly absolutely hammered, but I ended up like, picking her up and then putting her in the freezer and then sat on the lid so she couldn't get out. And I said, oh, I'll do some weird things when I'm smashed. And I said, oh, she needs to cool down to all my friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell, Dave? She's like banging on the freezer to get out. And I'm just sitting on it like, yeah, she needs to cool down, right? I'm trying to get this part across. Which in my head was hilarious, especially <laughs> trying to escape. So she was then known as Freezer Girl 
from uh, from that holiday onwards. So, was, was she a part of your crew, or was she? Uh... No, not really. She no. just saw me. Like, oh, well, I'm looking at Tiger. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never saw her again after that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get lucky with her, then, no. That's <laughs> yeah, such a crazy story, man. <laughs> Freezer girl. Bless her. Do you know what she's doing these days? No, I, said, I, I didn't really see her again after that, to be fair. I don't know why I must have upset the poor girl. Um, I heard a rumour she worked in Iceland. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great holiday. <laughs> um, uh, what's the most mental holiday do you reckon you've ever been on? Was it that? Well, I've not been on that many lads' holidays, to be fair. I only did that one. Um, I, well, I, went, I did two two holidays in Ibiza. Uh, but other than that, uh, obviously, the work experience in Disneyland Paris, that was cool. Because during the day, we was allowed to, to obviously go in the theme park. And mm-hmm. we, we spent a lot of time... Because I didn't realise as well, there's actually like classrooms inside of Disneyland Paris. They're hidden away, so you wouldn't know. Mm. But there's little rivers now, so we were studying during the days about all uh, all about Disney. Um, but when we weren't studying, we was either allowed to go in the parks or we was allowed to go into Paris itself. Which those of you have been to Disneyland Paris knows how quickly that you can get there. It's normally about the same sort. Of time journey as it is from say Brentwood to, to, to Liverpool Street only about mm. half hour um, so literally the train station is literally outside the uh, Magic Kingdom isn't it so yeah that's it so we, we spent a lot of time in, in Paris part in a way as well which is pretty cool um, but yeah other than that um, when I like again the football tours maybe there was one time where my younger brother bear in mind Paul he was like 17 at the time um, we all went out party and you know, we had a big game that morning he didn't come back to the room he had met someone that night and stayed around some some random girl's house and we had kickoff literally in about 10 minutes time he was meant to be playing in the starting lineup and he turned up this girl was like dropped him off he looked an absolute state he was like where the hell have you been like <laughs> older brother I'm going to be looking after it that weekend um, and he was like oh so I stayed around her house the other night and um, he got a free breakfast out of it so I ain't living the dream <laughs> yeah, yeah and he got a lift lift down to the game as well so I was like wow you, you must have been good company Paul in order for a, <laughs> for a to have done that <laughs> uh, he's a great guy Paul <laughs> Paul if you're listening we want you on the show sometime <laughs> he's a cool cat Paul he's a uh, he really is. He's a, he's a top, top guy. He's, um, yeah, I, I, I miss him massively because I, I, I only see him a few times because, especially this this year because of because of lockdown, mm. uh, I've been that much at all. Um, and now that I I don't work uh, weekends and he works weekends working in the pub, um, it's hard to see him now. Mm. So uh, I miss him loads, but he, yeah, he's he's a cool guy. Is it, you did like touching at the start of the show. You said that he obviously he was like one basically your best friend as well, so it's understandable. Yeah, like we we, we, we always got really well. Like as you know, kids, like we we you know, we shared a room growing up and had bunk beds and things like that. But 
we, we, we always had the same interests uh, with everything, you know, we, we both got interested, you know, we uh, both, both loved our football, we just had the same same interests in life, and then yeah. you, you, you live with each other, like, we just got on so, so well, so, yeah, he, he was, he, he's a cool guy. That's awesome, man. <laughs> well, David, have you enjoyed being on Storytime with Matthew Hasm Hammond? Matt, it's been absolutely awesome. Uh, I love chatting to you, full stop, never alone. Yeah, never alone the show. I know, right? um, <laughs> it's, it's been brilliant. Um, I miss you actually like, seeing you in person I know, as opposed right? to being there. <laughs> Lockdown to go away. Um, so, A, I can keep Sarah happy and, and, marry, and marry her. Um, but B, on top of that as well, so I can actually see you guys, see my friends again, go out for beers. Have a good time. That's what I'm missing most, really, uh, is actually seeing my friends. I still see my family every now and again, mm. which is uh, it's my mates that I'm really like, I'm missing like the nights out with and having a good time with. It's it's always been a shame that we've had to like write this year off, really. Yeah. I hate wasting time. I hate having passion. Um, but no, it's been amazing chatting to you, and um, it's been nice looking back at my life as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All the things that's uh, made me who I am. Um, you can decide whether that's good things or bad things. You've uh, honestly had a very interesting life. You know, I've sat here and I thought I feel fortunate enough to like listen to this before everybody else. <laughs> I was going to say like towards Christmas time, we're going to do like you know obviously a Christmas special, and uh, I feel like we need to get all the lads on to do the uh, tell the story about the loose trunks Christmas party that year. Yeah, definitely. I, I think for those of you who have listened. From start to finish, um, the code word I'm going to use is swordfish. Um, it's my safety word in, in the red room. Um, if you if you have lasted this long, if you see me out in public, say the word swordfish. I will then get you a pint straight away. So that, that's my commitment to anyone who's listened for as long as this. Come up to me and tell me swordfish. The pint is on the house. <laughs> I love that. Well, Dave, thank you very much for coming on again. It's been it's been beautiful, and you are a beautiful man. Oh, so are you. So are you gorgeous, man. And one day I'll be able to grow this beard as, almost as big and bushy as you. Man, mine, mine's trimmed at the moment. So, you know, you know, I'm going back to homeless as we as we speak. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. But you just always remember, guys, I'm Matthew Hasm Hammond. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Thank you and goodbye.